0: The Mel Gebroich podcast. Hey there, it's Mel G, and this week on my perky little podcast, we shall be talking about mm, beef with Matt Goss. Yeah, reactor like sunglasses, postcodes, and very, very overindulgent school trips. Yeah, if you like that, then do have a listen to me every Saturday, lunchtime from 1 on Magic. There will be more chat and some great songs thrown in for good measure. I am metaphorically touching you, my old compadre and friend. It's the mighty bush. Hello, bush.
1: Hey, it's metaphorical touching, so in that case, it's okay.
0: It's a, it's a little, just a little reach across the studio. Fingers yeah. not quite touching, but... Nearly there. Oh. Be, what,
1: what kind of music would that be in, where fingers nearly touch, we get pulled apart?
0: Oh, it's, um... Oh, it could be Miss Saigon.
1: Yeah, it could be Miss Saigon, couldn't, couldn't it? it?
0: Yeah. One of those big, you know, big stories. Big
1: old, big old story.
0: Possibly Les Mis.
1: Something that I'd leave during the interval, that kind of... I've left during the interval at Miss Saigon. Let me be honest with you there and then. What? It, they put it on for when I worked in Bristol. We were all invited down there. Watch the first... Is it the first I half? Is that what you call believe, it?
0: I can't believe I'm hearing this.
1: Took my pre-ordered drink from the bar and wa- literally drank it whilst walking out of the auditorium. I hope it a was camp.
0: a plastic glass and not a real <laughs> glass that you stole from the bar. It was
1: a plastic bottle. <laughs>
0: That's, why did you go?
1: I'd had enough. I don't know, I thought it might be all right, but I decided that it wasn't all right and I had to go.
0: It's a powerful and poignant story, my friend. Is it in your top
1: five musicals, though? No,
0: but I would still (laughs) stay.
1: (laughs) What, just out of, because you're there, you might as well?
0: Yes, it's a musical. I've got to come clean about something. Go on. I once walked out of the musical, Tommy.
1: Did you? Is that the one about the The Who? The Who
0: musical, yeah.
1: What, at what point did you decide to go?
0: At the interval.
1: Really? See, I reckon a lot of people do just, you know, do a sneaky one at the interval.
0: And also, with terrible consequences, I've suddenly remembered, <laughs> had to go and see the musical Greece. Yeah. Uh, which Matt Goss was starring in as Danny Zuko because he was coming on a show that I was doing the following day where I would be interviewing him yeah. about the experience of Greece last night in the theatre.
1: So you went and did your, your research on, on Mr Goss, basically, by doing that? <laughs>
0: And I was sitting quite near the front. I did slip out in the interval because I thought, I've seen Grease loads of times. It's midweek. I want to get home, blah, blah, blah. Next day, interviewing him, and he said, I said, oh, Grease, brilliant. Loved it. And he said, <laughs> and he said well, it's funny because you left in the interval. Oh, no. That's so bad. Live. I know. Maloney, the producer, has <laughs> she's fallen forward, <laughs> head in. It was oh, awful.
1: That is, ter- especially front row as well. You've it was, got That's it, pretty hard work. It isn't was it? the
0: third row. And um, I thought, yeah. So let's all just slightly... Yeah. I'm twisting around in the chair with embarrassment.
1: I feel bad for you, even to this day. Oh. Probably, does he resent you to this day still, do you reckon? Have you got beef with Goss? It was
0: all... It was... <laughs> He's got beef with Goss. i
1: got beef with Goss, You've mate. got beef. Can you have a word with Rick Ashley? He'll smooth it over.
0: Matt Goss, if you are a magic listener...
1: Which one is he? Because I used to love Bross. There was the one, what they got rid of, who played bass guitar. Craig. And then how can we tell Matt and Luke... Between each other, was there a code? Was that what the Grosh bottle tops were for? Matt had the bottle tops, Luke didn't.
0: <sighs> what were the bottle tops? Used to put... earrings? No,
1: <laughs> they used to, used to tie them into shoelaces. That was uh, that was an actual bross thing. Of
0: course, yeah. I think one of them was blonde. Was it Luke that was blonde, and Matt that was darker? I'm not sure. Craig, interestingly enough, uh-huh. uh huh, I bumped into uh, earlier this year. He's done very very well for himself.
1: Oh, good, because I always felt quite bad about what happened to Craig.
0: Well. Yeah, there are stories about how he was told he was not to go on the uh, forthcoming tour with Bros.
1: So did you, when you bumped into Craig, you say, well, don't worry, I've got one back on Goss for you? Walked <laughs> out of his play the other night, he was fuming.
0: <laughs> we mustn't walk out of things, though. We've both done it, I've done it twice, you've done it once... Actually, I did walk out of another musical as well.
1: <laughs> How many of these have you walked out Sorry, of?
0: Sorry, no, just the three. Just the three. But we must never do it again. But think think of the performers, darling. What will that do to them? How much
1: they feel? And when you're on stage, you've been on stage, Mel, yeah. right? Can you see? Loads you of f- walkouts. Just open, mate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not even Masked. Just just open walkouts, and, and I have to say I applaud them and I respect them for that.
1: Um, when you do the Edinburgh Festival, would that be the worst place for people walking out? Because they're just like having a look, can't they? In well, Edinburgh. it is.
0: If there's one person in the audience, <laughs> then you really feel, is it worth going on? But, you know, I'm, I'm wedded to my craft, so of course I do <laughs> carry on. No, has anyone ever walked out of one of your shows, Bush? Oh, what about Brixham the other day?
1: Brixfest, there's an old fella who sat at the front, I've never heard of him.
0: Were your parents there?
1: My parents were there, oh, my dad was in the background. The thing yep. is, my mum and dad, Jerry and Nige, oh, have both got lovely. reactor light glasses. Of course. Those glasses that turn dark. Of course,
0: like Cliff. Yeah,
1: Cliff. like Cliff. So, with them being stood in the background, it looked like I had two FBI minders. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because it was sunny. Sunny. And the reactor lights had gone... Whoa. They'd gone to full tint.
1: <laughs> full tint. Oh,
0: I'm, actually, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see you in reactor lights, Bush.
1: You reckon... Or maybe I'll put an order in.
0: I think you might make them, you might sort of make them cool.
1: You reckon? Well, yeah. I always trust what you and producer Louise say about my fashion sense or yeah. anything I'm wearing, so thank you for that. <laughs> Have we got a problem with our Topic Pot, Mel?
0: Still, still not not around. What's happened to that?
1: This is up there, right? The theft of our glass Topic Pot is up there with, you remember when the FA Cup, the original FA Cup got nicked? Oh, yeah. Years ago, and was found by a dog. Oh. Buried in some wasteland.
0: Was it? I've forgotten that.
1: That It was found by a dog. Yeah, it was found by a dog.
0: I mean, this is like the Pink Panther being stolen, isn't it? Yeah. The original, the diamond being stolen. Yeah. Listen, if it was you, just come on, just put it back. If it was you, please, we won't be cross. We will be a little bit disappointed, but we won't be cross. We'll just be so glad to see it back in our midst. Thank you.
1: If we don't hear anything about it by the end of the next podcast, I think we're going to go straight to Crime Watch UK. I
0: think that's right, mate.
1: Let's talk to Nick Ross. Let's have a word with Nick. Uh, So, do sleep well, don't have nightmares. Here's the first question from the Topic Pot. Uh, Mel, is there something your kids are better at than you
0: are? Everything.
1: (laughs) Every single thing.
0: Picking up languages, uh, sport, um, cooking, now annoyingly. Really? Yes. Oh, man. They can literally do everything. Singing, playing instruments, uh, just being genuinely, genuinely. That was a cross between genuinely and generally. (laughs) And it came out as genuinely. <laughs> genuinely. Just being genuinely, just sort of more together, sorted people.
1: Yeah, well, good for them. I mean, she brought them up well, though, doesn't it? Well, well, I don't, don't
0: you? know, mate. I, I know, I don't, it's just annoying. How about you, my love?
1: Well, I'm starting to get a bit panicked about the whole maths thing.
0: Oh, I that did, went years ago, well, trust me. That I went did, when they were eight or nine.
1: I did maths at school was terrible. Oh. I thought that's kind of me done and dusted with yeah. maths. Apart from, say, if you're going to add in a 10 if you're giving someone ch- a change for... Eight pounds, oh, ten, you give them ten pounds so, uh, and a ten pence speak. Oh. That's the only time I've ever used it. But yeah. now that I've got a child and that she's bringing back maths homework, I literally don't know what I'm talking about.
0: It's unfathomable, mate. Wait till she's a teenager and, and that she is doing maths GCSE. Ugh. They're harder as well than the old O levels were, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, mate.
1: Like algebra and stuff, algebra.
0: All that sort of stuff. And they have these fancy calculators which have sort of emoji, sig- singles, signals, symbols. Can't really? speak today. That's a worry, isn't it?
1: Genuinely, it's quite difficult.
0: <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> yeah, they have these weird ca- sort of Uber calculators. Really? With signs on them.
1: Oh, my God, I might leave the country.
0: Look forward to that, mate. <laughs> it's melon Magic. Now it's time for Bush's... old Clash of Music. <laughs> Red Letter Day. Here we go. Bush, what day is it? Come on, tell me.
1: Bushy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> what day is it? I mean, I know it's Saturday. We all know that. Yeah, but what day is it?
1: It's a very special day today, Mel. <gasps> it is World Postcode Day.
0: Excellent.
1: Love a postcode. Oh. I always think the first bit of your postcode is what gang you're in. Because you remember E seventeen because that was E yeah. seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in kind of a rap act called N six. N six. Andy Bush and N6. N six.
0: N N six is good. It's almost N sync.
1: Yeah, exactly. A little bit like that, isn't it? But not quite as good. Not quite. So there you go, there's my kind of wrap-up. I've got three amazing postcode facts for you guys. I'm
0: writing it down in the Ledge of Ledge fountain pen, I'm not going to lie Is it going straight in? It's not going straight into the Ledge of Ledge, but it's going into a sub-Ledge of Ledge, which is a piece of paper, carry on.
1: This can get quite complicated. (laughs) Fact number one, the Queen has a unique postcode for Buckingham Palace. What is it? It's SW1A 1AA.
0: 1AA?
1: 1AA, that's her actual postcode.
0: SW1A... 1-A-A.
1: That's exactly how she says it, (laughs) when she's cashing in her gyro. Uh, Fact number two, the postcode HD75UZ in Huddersfield, West Yorkshire, covers seven streets more than any other in the UK.
0: Because I, you see, how does it normally work?
1: I think normally a postcode is like two or three streets, whereas this one in Huddersfield is seven streets, so the poor postie has got to go around all that lot. It's quite tough work.
0: (gasps) HD7. Super. Didn't know that was Huddersfield.
1: Fact number three. Come on. Westfield Shopping Centre in Stratford, East London, is so big it's got its own postcode, which is E20, which was previously the fictional location for the BBC soap EastEnders. Isn't that weird? That's
0: two facts in one, Isn't it? It's
1: like a double fact.
0: That's all. We've had four. What's your favourite postcode and why?
1: I would say TQ5 9LY which is my old postcode when we used to live in Devon. Oh,
0: TQ5 Lovely Torquay. Yeah. Uh, for that reason mm-hmm. I very much enjoy KT22 9LP which was my old postcode when we lived in Surrey. Oh. KT referring to Kingston. i would
1: be brilliant if you were called KT and you lived in that place. That'd be quite cool, wouldn't it?
0: If Katie Tunstall lived there. Yeah. That would be useful for her.
1: That would be so good.
0: This is really appealing to me. I bet Phil Oakey wears clogs.
1: Yeah, he looks like a clog chap, doesn't
0: he? He'd be so in touch with himself that he wouldn't, do you know what I mean? He wouldn't mind.
1: That's the thing, with clogs, you need to have that kind of self-confidence that you can pull it off, you can I pull off that look.
0: So ruddy lootly. Yeah. Bush, I'm saying to you, my friend, you are a potential clog wearer. You reckon? Defo, 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 defo.
1: I appreciate your faith in me, but Louise, producers, look at me like, no chance, mate.
0: <gasps> really? Yeah. No, she's putting her thumb down. Thumb
1: down. That actually hurts, to be honest with you.
0: Like they did in Roman times at the Colosseum. <laughs> I
1: know, exactly. That's me done, isn't it? Me That's finished.
0: No. Bush, well. we're going to get you some clogs, mate.
1: Thank you. I reckon I'll look a million dollars.
0: Not with the salmon um, top.
1: I, come on. Do you know what? I was not so weird. I put that on to do around the house just a couple of days Ooh. ago. Caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. and looked like I was topless and would lost my mind. So, you might have a point on that one, to be honest with you.
0: Bush, how's your how's your week been?
1: Mel, um, well, my week has been good. My good. daughter Erin is on her way to a school trip in the next few days. Oh,
0: nice. Where's she going? Well,
1: she's going to London Zoo. They've been on... She's only seven. She's done some brilliant stuff already. Oh. They've been to, like, Go Ape, the thing where you swing around in trees. So they're doing London Zoo. Uh, they've also done the thing where they've gone to the Natural History Museum. All this at the tender age of seven—that's
0: amazing. Can I
1: just say that yeah. by, by the time I finished in the school system, yeah. I hadn't done any of that stuff.
0: I, I'm, I've got to say, mate, I'm with you.
1: I feel really shortchanged by the school trips that I went on when I was a kid. What was it like for you? I mean, the best thing we did was brass rubbings at Buckfast Abbey. That was, oh, that was as good as it got. Oh, or watch a bloke dressed in a tunic make a barrel at Morwellham Key. <laughs> In dressed in period costume. It was awful stuff. Certainly not going to zoos and you That's, like.
0: I've, did you ever do a residential? What was that? Well, you know, when you go and stay somewhere. Did you ever do a, no. like, an overnight? I would love see, to have done that. You see, we did. Mm-hmm. It was a bit Blakesville. It was on the uh, uh, the Brecon Beacons. Yeah. Uh, in a very, very thin uh, sort of, what's that expression? A jerry can. Is it a jerry can? Like a hanger. That's been poorly put together. Oh, Jerry can. I
1: know those things, they're slightly no. curved. Like so yeah. you might hide in during the Blitz?
0: No, yes, or you see pigs living in them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you, if you travel down the M3, you see pigs living very much like that. Really? With two incredibly hardcore PE teachers. Um, and it was just very, it was pre health and safety days. I bet it was. We were just let loose on an orienteering trip while yeah. the PE teachers stayed behind in Pigtown. And told to make our way back before dusk.
1: Really? Yes. You'd never get away with that these days, would with you?
0: no compass. <laughs> it was unbelievable.
1: It's a surprise you're even here chatting to this day.
0: Well, exactly. Bush, you must have been a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Were you or a scout?
1: <laughs> I was a scout. You yeah. Might. And did you
0: ever do a residential scout, you know, sort of away uh, for two nights building fires? Didn't and... do
1: anything. I genuinely feel robbed. I've never, never done anything like that in my life.
0: Bush, but you like camping now, though.
1: I like camping now, but I almost feel like there should be some government initiative where people who didn't get to go on any good school trips yeah. are allowed to go on like a couple of things.
0: I'd like to do quite genuinely Duke of Edinburgh's now.
1: Yes, I now, would
0: be all over the D of E now if I'd had the chance to do that when I was younger.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'd have. Well, as growing up in Devon as I did, we used to watch people getting picked up by helicopter in emergencies in Duke of Edinburgh when they were like when they like walking around Dartmoor. Was that part of Duke of Edinburgh? You're yes. wandering around Dartmoor, do yes. ten tours or whatever it's called.
0: Yes, and you get dehi- it's always dehydration.
1: Always the dehydration, isn't it?
0: In it, just unbelievable.
1: Basically, that's what it is. Do the Duke of Edinburgh go and get dehydrated in a really big field and picked up on a helicopter? That's what it is, in a nutshell.
0: Stretch it off. Stretch it off. At, at yeah. The taxpayers vast expense yeah
1: get on local telly news <laughs> with dehydration and a tartan rug on your knee <laughs> oh. <laughs> drinking sugary tea
0: oh gosh it's <laughs> so so good no that 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 residential in the brecon beacons though that really that's and i remember it was my birthday fell within the week that we were doing it yeah and uh, the two pe teachers so hardcore this was the early it was 1980 <laughs> no question of a cake that was absolutely, no question of okay. cake. And I remember this really clearly. There was a very bleak shepherd's pie that was being served that night and they just carved happy birthday into the potato of the shepherd's pie. And there was one desultory candle.
1: Oh, it sounds like something out of a horror movie or it, Angela's Ashes at best.
0: It was really, really bleak.
1: And Brecon Beacons as well. I mean, it's a gorgeous place. Oh, but stunning. Given a certain light though, it's like the surface of the moon.
0: Listen... Uh,
1: well, listen, Mel, you're on good form today. I'm glad that you're here. I feel like it's a triumph of the human spirit getting through an experience like that.
0: And I feel that you, my friend, should go off and do DV or something.
1: I'll get myself dehydrated and see what helicopter I get picked up in.
0: Right, I'm dipping into potty, into potty land. Potty and... land. <laughs> I love the word potty.
1: Potty. Isn't it a shame we don't have them anymore? Potty. Pot- have, you ever lived, have you ever been anywhere that's got a potty? Under the bed, <gasps> a potty. Oh, a potty. I'm sure my nanny used to have a potty.
0: Yeah, well, I used to be sick into a potty. There was mum had a potty that, if you were sick, you had to be into. <laughs> uh, right. This is great. This is a cracker. Um, Bush. The most boring thing you love.
1: Most boring thing I love.
0: Mm. Oh, I know. I know. I know.
1: There's two things. Go on. Firstly, board games. That yeah, well, you're obsessed. Obsessed, but they, are, they can be quite boring.
0: But that's spelt bored as in B-O-A-R-D. That's
1: a very good point. Tell the other thing I like doing that most people would think was quite boring. I love nothing better than going through the uh, memory of our movie planner. I'm bored already. I'm just bored listening to it. I
0: literally got it. bored when, <laughs> just as you hit the word memory, I'd switched off.
1: I love having a good clear-out <laughs> of all the stuff we've recorded that we don't watch. Do you know what I mean? Like Sometimes if you're 83% or 90%, <laughs> I'm so boring. Oh, how how am I even getting about to be married? <laughs> Poor girl. Maybe someone's paying her.
0: Matey, you've got to change your chat. Oh, so
1: boring. <laughs> do you ever, ever dawn on you that you're really boring? Oh, all the time, mate. All what? the ruddy time. What boring thing are you into then? Crossrail. Like... Yeah, you are, you do go on about crossrail.
0: And then. also, do you know the thing I absolutely love is taking a wash that has finished out of... You've gone. I can see oh, your God, eyes are glazed, glazed I'm staying right for you. I love taking a wash that's just been done out of the drum so it's been squeezed <laughs> tight by the rinsing mechanism. Yeah. I love that and putting it into the basket ready to peg.
1: Wow, that is unbelievable. I, I
0: did it this morning and I actually look forward to that.
1: <laughs> it's like some kind of 1930s public service Pathé film yes. thing, eh? and that's, that. And you, that. you think that's an amazing, nice feeling? Is it's that boring. Nice? But it's, it's
0: boring and it's. I find it terribly comforting, you know, to take, take the washing out of the drum... <laughs> And place it ready to put on the line. Oh, I love it, man. It's,
1: it's the small things in life. Oh, innit?
0: it's the small things, Bush. Let's celebrate them. Oh. Oh. Um. Now, good. Mel G on magic here. Time for Tell Mel. Don't expect me to tell you sort of, you know, cuddly, slightly, you know, bubble-wrapped things. Ask me something and I'll tell it to you straight. Here we go. Thank you. Hi, Mel. It's Kerry. My ten-year-old daughter wants a TV in her room. Should I let her or is she too young? Kerry, no. No, 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 no. If I were you, I would get rid of the television altogether. Have you not heard of a hoop and a stick? Many, many hours of fun can be spent with a hoop and a stick. Wasteful. Wasteful time with television. Wasteful, Kerry. Wasteful, wasteful. Next, please.
1: Hey, Merle, it's Darren. For the past week, I've been um, secretly using my workmate's orange squash and adding water so he doesn't realise the level's going down. Now, does that make me a bad person or is it ingenious?
0: I don't think you're Darren. I think you sounded a bit like Andy Bush, who's had his voice put through a modulator, which makes it go a little bit higher. Was that your voice there, Bush? Were you pretending to be Darren? And is it my orange squash that you've been diluting?
1: I'll replace it all, I promise.
0: He sounds like Darren. (laughs) He sounds like a lower version of Darren. (laughs) Right, I shall talk to you, Bush, about this afterwards. Next, please. Hey, Mel, it's Sophie. I've decided that I'm going to make jam this weekend. What flavour should I do and why? Strawberry, Sophie, strawberry. Strawberry every single time. Could there be any other type of jam? I will just about admit rhubarb to the clan of jam, but really, Sophie, it must be strawberry. And only use the sugar. I forget what it's called. Probably jam sugar, actually. Just use jam sugar, my love. Normal granulated will not cut the mustard or indeed the jam, Sophie, at all. Use the special sugar and make sure you have a very, very heat-resistant spoon, i.e. a wooden spoon. And the jam must do something very, very special. There must be a skin that forms on the jam before you know it's ready. A little light skin on the back of your wooden spoon, Sophie. Are you taking all this down? (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the old podcast there. Oh, I love it when you do. Hear more larks like that every Saturday lunchtime from One on Magic. The Mel Gebroich Podcast.